Hello there, and welcome to another episode of the People Center. My name is Lolita Coppage. My goal and aim each podcast is to reach out to those of you who may be feeling like you're not seen or heard or that you don't matter. Well, I'm here to tell you, yes, you do. Remember that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You're not just another face in the crowd. You matter and you most certainly matter to our Heavenly Father. Now, I'm looking forward in this episode, which I've entitled Why Recovery? But before I share what's on my heart, I just want to let some of you know who you might be listening for the first time. I have an episode in where I share who I am, my professional accolades, as well as the two books that I have written, Shaped by the Master's Hand, my autobiography, and The Leaves Turn Brown, which is a fiction novel. In both books, the aim and goal And the theme of the book is that there is a community of support that is available to anyone at any time that's looking for or needs help. Why am I talking about recovery? Everything that can be said or written about the subject has been. Those who attend Christian secular 12-step groups have dynamic testimonies, stories to share about addiction, sexual and physical abuse. These are pretty much world-renowned. The subject has been covered extensively from Oprah to Dr. Drew to Dr. Phil. But now, when talking about recovery, the million-dollar question when asked, sometimes when I am putting out a business proposal or seeking uh, opportunities to speak, what makes you unique out of the thousands of people who are doing what you are doing and talking about the same subjects? Why should we consider you? Well, I sought this answer in prayers. And just like so many experiences in my life, my answer did not come as I expected or even desired. Besides the fact that we're all unique, our DNA, my fingerprints, no two people are alike, even twins have differences. But sometimes unique and having a different perspective comes from unexpected bends and turns in the road and gives you a different perspective. And that's what happened to me, why I feel like I want to share Why recovery? Because both my ex-husband and my younger brother died exactly one year apart, 2010 and 2011. They both died of cancer. During that time, I read books and traveled down strange paths that under normal circumstances, I would never have gone. I was no stranger to support groups in terms of abuse. I have attended Celebrate Recovery, Al-Anon, I still am a part of the 12-step programs. I went to ACA, Adult Children of Alcoholics, Incest Survivors, Codependent Meetings. I, um, I, when I had, before I had taken a fall, I was attending a 12-step group. Well, it wasn't a 12-step group, but it was a support group for people who had elderly parents that were ill and they had to take time out and to raise them or not raise them, help them during it. Well, it is like raising parents again when they're sick. But I went to a support group to help encourage me there. And also when my ex-husband passed away, I had the privilege of attending a grief group or uh, organization called Pathways. I went to a widow's group for three years where I met some incredibly sister, uh, different sisters who were going through the same thing. There's something powerful in getting that kind of support. For me, both processes were different, though. In 12-step work, it's more proactive. You're coming out of denial, going to meetings. 
I was taking drastic uh, steps to change my behavior, going back into the past, meeting with my sponsor, journaling, going to conferences and different meetings, getting in touch with a lot of pain, hoping for a better tomorrow. Now, grief work from death and loss was different. For me, it was inactivity, inactivity, letting myself go into deep despair, sorrow, depression. It was quiet. For a long time, I felt like I was the only one in the world. I was sleeping a lot. My hopes had been dashed. I was hoping that maybe my husband and I could reconcile, but he had gone on and formed other relationships. And truthfully, I was still healing from a lot of my own brokenness. And so that wasn't to happen. He was to go home to be with the Lord. But luckily, there was a friendship between us. There, there was a lot of healing that took place. And also my hopes were crushed for my brother with both my husband and my brother. We were believing God to heal them, to give them a second chance. And that would not happen. He would go home to be with the Lord too. So during this time, a friend from another support group, her name was Jackie. She gave me a book called The Will of Life by Elizabeth Kubler Ross. I was baffled as while I was reading the book in this night sorrow of mine, my new bend in the road, but I found my answers to some questions. Perhaps maybe his perspective. I don't know his perspective, but it just opened my eyes to different things. Why recovery? See, to me, to him, there is no conflict between the church or people's spiritual lives or getting help from the um, emotional recovery with, with therapists and certain things. In fact, the scripture in Matthew 9 10 through 13, the Pharisees asked the disciples, why does your teacher sit with tax collectors and sinners? And verse 12, Jesus said, is it not the healthy who need a doctor, but is the sick? And in some term, they use physician. In Isaiah 9, 6, Isaiah uh, predicted that the Messiah would be the wonderful counselor. So in both aspects, the Lord uses the concept of the medical field as well as the emotional field. So it is not a conflict of interest. So in my journey of trying to understand why recovery, the Lord did use Miss Ross's book. So now Miss Ross began as a medical doctor and in psychology. Young interns came to her for advice. There were no studies dealing with the terminal ill at that time. She became the first pioneer, a leading authority on death and the dying with much persecution. The irony was doctors in the 1960s did not deal with death and they were angry at her for wanting to interview those of their patients who were ill. Doctors routinely told her that there were no dying patients on their ward. That's denial. The problem Doctors did not go into the field of medicine to lose patients. Whenever a patient died from a disease, they took it personally, distraught. They felt like failures. They took sacred oaths to save lives, and they couldn't deal with it. So when Miss Ross cut through the red tape, her work brought her into contact with patients from oncology, internal medicine, gynecology. These patients at first were furious and desperate for help because no one was acknowledging the obvious they were dying. These patients who weren't responding to treatment were put in back rooms, 
left alone with no one to talk to, pushed aside. When Miss Ross started interviewing these patients, they were frightened, lonely, anxious, scared about taking x-rays and desperately wanting to talk about their plight. And the medical field felt at that time that it was best for the patients and families to be kept in the dark, not to share what was going on about the nature of the illness, not to talk about it, to be in denial, to just have a positive, positive spin on things. And hopefully, eventually things would improve. Eventually, her work educated scores of medical personnel on addressing the emotional aspects of patients. They weren't just treating tumors and livers and kidneys and hearts, but how to listen, to be empathetic. Let the patients be with their families, acceptance. Some people were not going to respond to treatment. Even with the best care, they died, but they could be comforted in the process. So I'm wondering if that's maybe not the beginning of what hospice how it came into being, because that's basically what hospice does. So the Lord spoke to my heart that ministers that go into ministry go in with the same enthusiasm to help hurting people, to teach the word for salvation, to help strengthen and encourage, help people handle trials and crises, to stand on promises and to persevere, to follow the path to abundant life and victory. But what happens when some hear the gospel and don't respond as the norm? The Lord showed me that there could be correlations between doctors and ministry. I'm sure that there may be some pastors who feel discouraged and weary in ministry, feel that they're not successful as preachers when people don't respond, when they're not set free, when they keep coming week after week back to the altar for the same sins. And no one seems to uh, be grasping the gospel and maybe they feel that it's not necessary for people to go and go back into their past and look at what's going on the shaping their lives now that all they need to do is just be obedient and get in hold of the word and stand and healing will come and in some cases that's exactly what God does but not in all situations um it's just very hard for some time people to understand that God has a different way of dealing in people's lives. I know earlier in my walk, addictions and people that came from compulsions and were healing from some pretty uh, desperate situations where it wasn't pretty were pushed aside. Now, I started my recovery in 1985. And back then, the churches were not as open as they are now to understanding that God does heal in the emotional realm. Thank God. Uh, Saddleback started a great Celebrate Recovery program and people are open to healings. But back when I started in 1985, a lot of our us Christians were going underground, going to 12 step to get help because we were hiding in church. We didn't want people to know that we didn't have it all together. And sadly to say, there might be some people uh, today who feel the same way, but it is not a lack of faith when you need to step out and get help. And maybe sometimes pastors feel like they are failures too when people are not responding. But I don't really believe that's how God feels about people recovering. Jesus came to restore and rebuild each of our lives. In the midst of trials and persecutions and carrying our crosses, dying to our flesh, people need comfort, a safe place to talk and share their feelings and address reality honestly. 
ministry to the whole person on the road towards victory. It is not always a lack of faith. Like I said before, some people are instantaneously, miraculously changed and turned around. They get a hold of the word and they run. And some people like myself, it's a process and it takes some time. God cares about the feeling of the terminally ill patients and those who are suffering, suffering emotionally and spiritually. We must never forget doctors and ministers are his servants. We who witness to others are servants. Success is not based on our merit, the end results of people's salvation, people's growth, and even emotional healing, whether they get it or not, or healed or not, terminally ill are all Jesus's affairs. God knows what he's doing. I had first hand experience. My agenda when I met uh, ministered to my ex-husband and my brother. I went armed with scriptures, books on those who were healed from cancer. I wanted to go help them stand and get well. I wanted to motivate them not to not to quit. I was ready ready to do battle with the devil. I did not want them to be in disbelief. It never dawned on me that God sent me there for different reasons. He sent me to be with my husband and my brother to hug them to hold their hands, to run errands, to fix little meals, to clean, to drink tea, sometimes rub their backs, listen to what it felt like to face mortality, to say what, what was needed to be said. And that was the important thing because there was such deep healing during the time with my ex-husband and I. We became friends before he passed away. I was able to ask his forgiveness. He was able to, in his own way, ask for mine. And he rededicated his life back to the Lord. And so did my brother. He had had so many uh, hard times and he was, you know, a little away from his faith. But during this time, he there was a lot of healing recovery between he and his family, too. But most of all, the Lord led me back to sit quietly and pray and weep with them and comfort other fam family members as well as I was being comforted as our loved ones were going into eternity. But at the time, I felt like I had failed. I felt like, oh my God, my faith wasn't strong enough. Their faith wasn't strong enough. When I read Miss Ross's book, I wept. Their passing, the end result was not between me it was between them and the Lord, not me. He sent me to love them, to provide comfort and encouragement through a very difficult transition for all involved. And that's what recovery and 12-step work means to the Lord. How people embrace him. How he deals in people's lives, the end result is really not our business. It's his. We are to share the gospel. We're to plant the seeds of the Holy Spirit. And we're to wait to see what he does. I have the privilege of walking beside many uh, broken people today. And I pray with them and I walk alongside them. And nine chances out of ten, most of these ladies and even young men that I've had a chance to pray with, they go ahead and God uses them and they grow but there was a time when they needed someone to walk alongside them. And that's what I was doing. So after a while, the Lord gave me this message. This is why I'm saying that recovery is an extension on earth of what Jesus fulfilled in Isaiah 61. 
He came to bind the wounds of the brokenhearted and set the oppressed free. Recovery is not a sideline ministry. It is the heart of the ministry, the front of the pulpit. All of us are recovering. All of us are being restored. It isn't for, okay, well, you're those addicts and those people over there who, you know, are having problems and they're not getting the gospel. It's for those people. It's for all of us. Jesus died for all of us. We are all broken. We are all recovering from something. In, I really believe that um, ministry and restoration work is the application of practical life and living. On the road to victory, as God will bring about his promises and he will work in people's lives. Elizabeth Cooler Ross discovered, well, her name is Elizabeth Ross Kubler, I have it backwards. She discovered that education and medicine, technology and prestige are great, but met nothing without compassion. And we know that in 1 Corinthians 13, Jesus says that the greatest in his kingdom is love, that if we don't have love, we can have faith, we can be martyrs, we can do all of these great things, but if we're not loving, we are like crashing symbols. we are not representing him. So that is what my take is on recovery. I hope that you have maybe learned a little something about the medical field and how it has grown and progressed. I certainly did by reading her book. I just want to tell you, it's nice talking to you. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook. Um, also, my website, Lolita Robinson, well, Lolita Robinson Coppage, yes. You can find me. I'm a contemporary um, author, and please contact me. But before I go, I would like to say a little prayer. I like to pray each day each episode. Lord, I pray for those who have heard this and maybe are struggling and knowing that they need help, but they're hiding and feeling like, well, if I go and talk to a therapist and I'm saying, I don't have faith in you, Lord, that's not true. It's just that you are coming and bringing someone to listen and help not to tell people what to do, but to help them to find the solutions that are going to bring them closer to you. So I pray for families out there. And I pray, Father, for our young people who are lost and feeling distraught, Father, and in a lot of ways thinking like the only way out is suicide. It is not God. I pray that you would rain down on all of us. Bring us together, Father. Let us not be all divided in all these different factions, Father. You're, you're not Democrat, Republican, Father. You are who you are, Lord. It doesn't matter whether we're white, black, brown, um, yellow, whatever, Father. We are all one in you. You love us all. So until we meet again, I want you to remember to look up because your redemption draw nigh. Don't give up in despair. Don't give out from emptiness and don't give in to depression. And until we meet again, God bless. Bye-bye.